and he, it's on and we're recording. And we're here. And here we are. Very present. We're here. We're in the room. We're, very- we're, we're in a different room than usual. We're <laughs> yeah, at my house. Sarah's room. Yeah. I know because I've actually moved out. Yep. I even got told I get the bond back. Uh, so I'm what? Well, I, I'm well and truly out. It's clean. Mm. Everything's legal and legit and handed over. I don't own any keys anymore. I love that. I have no keys. Wow. I have a keychain with no keys on it. Wow. I know. It's kind so of it's just a chain, really. Metaphorical. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, you're here with Chris and Sarah. Wear the pants. We're back after that wonderful interlude. I can't believe you got your whole bond back. Well, it does appear that that's what's happened. I did get an air tasker cleaner that I thought was not going to show up until I actually clapped eyes on them. Mm-hmm. And um, they did a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Uh, communication was terrible. So mm-hmm. I gave that in the review. Mm-hmm. Uh, great work. Terrible communication. Mm-hmm. As opposed to my removalist, and I'm going to say it, AZN removals, fucking five out of five, mate. Oh, you loved them? I loved them. Great. That's they so were rare. Perfect. Amazing. And I actually hope I can use them again. That's how much I trust them. Like socially? Well, <laughs> no, just as removalists. Um, mm-hmm. I even got a text from my parents where the stuff is being delivered in Canberra mm-hmm. to say, um, Ash and Antoine are here and they're wonderful. Ash they're, and Antoine. Yeah. <laughs> they're nearly done. And like I was still like as if they had only just left, you know. <laughs> oh, it is such a spin out moving. It is. Isn't it? It is. You, it's, you lose track of time and space. And also you just have to accept that most things will go wrong. Like mm. there's always just an issue that you just don't foresee. Yeah. I didn't know how much stuff I had. I thought it's like really underestimating, mm. some, you know, just, mm. it was terribly underestimated. Mm. And, of course, Belinda, my our friend, uh came and helped me and knew that I would underestimate it mm. because she's an experienced mover she and she, she brought up boxes. I was like, we won't need them. We used mm. every single box she brought. Mm. She put all of it in her car that I hadn't allocated because if you don't – yeah, anyway, I'm getting into the nuance, but you can look you, – you know, you can get charged a lot extra if you don't have the inventory right. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. That's how they get you, as mm. they say. My parents moved house recently and – I ended up going through all my childhood stuff, which was there, and I kept a bit of it. And now all that shit's in my house. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? So we just go through house to house. I'll tell you what I did get, though. I got, um, I got my grandma, uh, who passed away when I was nine. I got all her good china. Um, but it's like, it's one of those things. It's so, it's beautiful. It's like Royal Dalton, like rose covered. Beautiful. Um, but it's, I don't use it because <laughs> you know what I mean. It's the good china. It's the good china, and I've turned into one of those people who's like, "Oh, it's the good, it's china. The good china." And I think it was a mum was just like, "Just use it." <laughs> yeah, but I'm just people like, say that. Yeah, but I'm just like, <laughs> but I'm just like, if I'm like eating toast or whatever, wandering around, and I break one of the plate, that's like a plate I can't get back and I it's can't true. replace. You know it's what I true. mean? But then it also just means I'm anyway. You're yeah. just storing china. Truly what the- you are is you store china. That's what you do. <laughs> Your job. The crux of first world problems is what to do with the good China. Um, Chris, I wanted to tell everyone up top, straight up, about some shows we have coming up. We have a bunch. Uh, we have three uh, different locations. Mm. I'm calling it an East Coast tour. Let's do that. Because it really is. That's what We're it is. We're kicking off in Sydney uh, with our split bill. So you'll get both of us, truly for the price of one. Uh, the Bore 4 Shot 2, that's at Sydney Fringe, 27th of September to the 1st of October. Still comfortably far away from me, though, at yeah. the time of... Uh, to still be in denial about it. Though, at the time of release, uh, that will be in two days. Oh, okay. Mm. So, yeah, come to that show. It's only, like, it's cheap. It's Fringe. It's new material. We're yeah. doing it at the Factory Theatre. Mm-hmm. Get into it. It'll be good. It'll be actually a really good vibe. Yeah, it really will. So that's in two days. Uh, then on Sunday, the 4th of November, we have our first ever, drumroll please, brrr, live podcast recording at the Newcastle Comedy Club. Amazing. Sunday, 4th of November, that is a show and then a podcast recording. So you actually kind of get like- You get a lot. A lot for the for yeah, one ticket. It's two hours, we'll have a break, you can have a drink, it'll be fine. Absolutely. Mm. And then finally, Friday, the 17th of November, Canberra, we have a show and a live recording. So that is three opportunities to see us in the, the way we talk about us ourselves they'll think that we're like two sea snails yeah i don't know what they're going to be expecting if they don't know us 
Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Slugs. It'll you know. be a lot of this. There'll be audience interaction for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping for that. That's the most exciting bit for me about the live potty. Absolutely. Um, and sorry to call it that. I won't ever call it again. A pod that. wiener. Yeah. A pod mm. wiener would be better. Um, <laughs> Podless. Uh, I... Uh, yeah, so all of those tickets are on our uh, link tree, which is our link in our bio for mm-hmm. Chris and Sarah Weatherpants on Instagram. Also, if you Google our name and the location, the tickets yeah. come up. That's how I found. They'll pop up that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, as well as the links being in our episode notes. Mm. So you can um, yep. grab that. They're just, they're just links, yep. that, if anything, too many. Yep. So Newcastle, Sydney, Canberra, come and come and meet us. Come say hi. Let's would, have some pants moments. Absolutely. Love to meet you. Mm. Uh, I also have some uh, pants mail. We, I haven't Love read it, it for ages. So I've got a bit of catching up Love to it. do. Uh, I have a email here from listener Naomi, who I believe is from Newcastle, oh. uh, who tells us that uh, she will be buying tickets for our November gig oh. and bringing another friend. I love that. Yay. It's a little date. We're very, very excited to uh, meet you. And see you there, Naomi. Um, uh, Naomi also asks, Sarah Gall, when is the book coming out? I see your future in the National Library and State Archives researching feminist history through period newspaper articles and other contemporary uh, commentary. I love that. And, and I think she's on the money. I'd, I'd, it could be a new pursuit for you. I think a library is the wrong setting for me because mm. I'm loud. I'd be a librarian's nightmare. Yeah, that's true. But you, but you could be a researcher. I think you've got enough passion to be a researcher. If I'm interested in it, yeah, that's why I didn't like uni because they made me research things I wasn't interested oh, in. Oh, really? Mm. That seems unfair at uni. I thought you got to choose stuff. I liked the Jane Austen course. That's about mm. it. Also, from actually another Naomi, uh, who says it's a Naomi heavy podcast. Mm, Naomi, audience. we're really heavy on the mm. Naomi today. <laughs> uh, Naomi uh, said that. Um, uh, every Monday morning, uh, she walks her dog around the golf course and listens to our podcast and it's a bloody great start to the week. And not only that, we got photos of the golf course and can I just say, beautiful. Oh, I know. They were beautiful. Absol- Thanks, Naomi. This is the one who gave me sriracha mayonnaise Oh, and, and a beautiful Melbourne tea from T2. Oh, incredible. Right? Incredible. So I, kind. I love that. Um, And also, can I just say, I, f- I don't know the rules around, are you allowed to walk on it? Like maybe Naomi can tell us, are you allowed to walk on a golf course? Uh, interesting. Because I'm just worried I'll get hit by a flying golf ball. And I th- think that's they a hor- sometimes have paths around the outside, but... Mm. Um, but only public, like I don't think you're allowed on private courses. Like, like you can't just have a stroll through. I don't think so. I don't think so. But public ones you can, but not like through the guts of it. You've got to be around the outside. I okay. used to walk around the outside and I was always scared I'd get hit, conked on the head by a stray ball. they're just parks really, aren't they? That like Yeah. God, they're men, beautiful bits of land. Men who otherwise can't socialise with each other just walk <laughs> around and... Wear weird gloves and hats and stuff. Oh, my mum is a mad fan, as you know, of golf. Oh, that's right. Yeah. By the way, my mum is a big fan of your mum. Oh, great. They had to look up what Ashe means. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mum in her Adidas tracksuit <laughs> on the golf course getting in trouble. Absolutely. And before we get in, I did want to read this one lovely message from listener Melody, who says, I just wanted to say how joyful your podcast is. Is this lame, like reading out nice things? Oh, so, who cares? Who I love cares? It. I like it. I love it. I'm a big fan of anyone who listens to us. Um and I really liked this. Melody says, I've been listening, laughing like a drain while listening to you guys on the bus. It's made my Monday much brighter. I've never heard laughing like a drain. Oh, I have. I've never heard. What, oh, my God. It's the best. What, yeah, it's a great what, saying. What, what's the sound? Like, what does a drain? Uh, 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 oh, you know, like, that kind of oh, like, great. I don't know, just like mm. nonstop laughing. I don't know, like mm. a drain, kind of noisy. Yeah, great. I love it. That's Especially great. on a bus. Especially on a bus. Oh, my God. That's so good. Um. I wanted to tell you one other bit of nice messaging we got from Julie Emma who gave us the socks, (gasps) the Nordic socks. Can I just say, well, mine are in the wash because I've been wearing them. Oh, great. Well, Julie Emma just um, said she just was listening to the episode where we thanked her for the socks and Mm -hmm. she's like, "Um, Sarah's going to find them way too hot. Okay, here's what I do with them. I, I wear them to bed and then I kick them off kick halfway them off. through the night and then Same. we repeat the cycle the next day. They're the best socks, Julia. You're unreal. And she, she loves a podcast and she said you girls would love Bad Sisters if you can get access to it. One of my favourite shows. Oh, there you are. Mm-hmm. It's, that, it's, a, it's, it's Tina and – It's a Sharon – no, it's a Sharon oh. Horgan show on um, – Apple Plus, and it's basically about, um, I think it's four or five sisters, I can't remember how many, um, but a guy gets murdered, and it's 
and it's the story, the story oh, unravels okay. and it's brilliant. It's dark. It's so funny. Sharon Hogan is one of my favorites. Oh, She's, okay. She wrote it and uh, stars in it. Well, I might mm. have to get on to that. Um, Julie Emma has a whole bunch of sisters, I happen to know, and mm. I wonder if that's why she started watching it. Sharon Hogan, I'll also say, is someone who had success later in life. We love that. Like, I think I believe in her 40s is sort of when she really love hit that. her stride. Love hearing those stories. Mm. Yep. Uh, do we want to do pants moments now or later? You told me to think of one and then I, what I did was not. Did not. Okay, of- well, let's do one later. Mm. I'm going to kick into my story. I love that. Okay. It's a bit of a, okay. This is, okay, it's a long one. That's fine. Um, you don't need to like pre-apologize. Okay, yeah, no, I need to The entire doing. podcast. But you know how you said, like I always pick ones with long names? Again, I have. That's yeah. fine. Uh, this is from a publication called The Triad a journal devoted to literacy, pictorial, musical, and dramatic art. Ooh, that sounds like something we'll read. Oh, what page am I on? <laughs> oh, I don't have the page, but well, it got, is. I've got my copy here. I'm sorry. Volume 9, number 10, 11th of August, 1924. Now, I didn't get that. Oh, try again? No, shut up. Um, Did your computer just Yeah, my computer's talking to, to me. Um, we're doing a podcast, shush. <laughs> I love that we're literally in a room without a man and a man still managed to interrupt us. Also, why is your Siri a man? Probably because I want to reverse sexism in voiceovers. Okay. It's so funny. I've got a story about that, but mm. I'll tell you another day. Um, I want to hear it. Do you? Mm. Is it like, do we need to go offline for it or can we record it on the podcast? I think we could probably record it here. Okay. It's controversial. Uh, okay. No. I'll come back to you and we'll talk about it later and okay. see if we can. So this is a okay. This is a story called equal pay. Equal pay. I'm in. Um, I'm in. Now it was 11 August 1924. Okay. Now just as a precursor, the triad has uh, a little description of itself, which I think is worth listening to. It calls itself a monthly magazine devoted to the arts, the art of life included. Um, the triad is fearless and tries always to be honest. Its chief concern is to tell the truth. It may err on the side of indulgence, occasionally being human, but its criticisms are, in every case, unbiased and impartial. I don't think you can call yourself unbiased and impartial. I totally don't even believe there is such a thing. That's such a – you know what? Big ups to them for being like, we're fearless. We're, um, yeah. I know. <laughs> hilarious. I remember when I used to think things could be unbiased. <laughs> That's when I believed in the media exactly. <laughs> and actually was a journalist. But with high aspirations and I have respect yeah, for that. you've got to aim high, don't mm. you? Okay, so equal pay. Now, just out of context, in the 20s, right, we're talking depression, um, feminism, and I'm just to give context of feminism, like during the First World War, women started getting jobs that men were mm-hmm. off to – they were off to war and so they needed mm-hmm. to do backfill those jobs and um, – uh, Edith Cowan, the woman on the back of the $50 note, became the first woman to take parliament in 1920 in WA. Right. And in 1943, Enid Lyons and Dorothy Tang- Tangy um, became our first federal um, female parliamentarians. Great. Uh, also, 1922 saw the foundation of the Country Women's Association, the la- still one of the largest female-led political organisations in Australia, and it champion charitable causes and gave women spaces to socialise. Should we have a CWA bell? Because I feel like they come up almost every episode now. Because I'm going to talk about them as well. Oh, really? Well, isn't that interesting? Um, So that little bit of context was from um, uh, online. We'll put it in the notes. I'll Mm. give it to you. Um, VictorianWomensTrust.org.au. I think you've got a lot of stuff from them in the Mm. past too. So that's just a bit of context. So this is equal pay. So this is the editor of Triad talking about something they wrote in the June issue previously. Mm-hmm. We said in the June issue that feminism was a, res- was a revolt from nature and should be called masculinism. Mm-hmm. I- the editor asked for brief and pointed supply- um, replies to that note. The replies came in large numbers, but few were brief and pointed. <laughs> Some were abusive. Others simply reiterated the views expressed in the note. Still others wandered fields away from the home paddock. (laughs) Nothing's changed. (laughs) Literally nothing's changed. I know. Um, uh, One young lady triumphantly smashed us by quoting the percentage of girls and boys who passed the intermediate certificate examination. 
the percentage of successful girls is much higher than that of successful boys. But we knew that and fondly believed that we had shown clearly how futile is the capacity for disgorging the stuff required at examinations. So basically they've just said, one woman wrote to us and said, girls are doing better than boys at these exams, and he's come back and gone, we knew that, um, and exams mean nothing, it's bullshit. I, I love that still you can present someone like that with data and they're like, oh, but it's not Yeah, what you th- I'm like, there's yeah. literally nothing more impartial than data. Right? Mm. Oh, it just shows how meaningless exams are if women are beating us at it. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck right off. Okay, well, so. It, was, um, it reminds me of, um, oh, sorry, this is so off topic, but I was reading something the other day, I think maybe in my women in sports story, about the reason that um, sports that don't, like, you know, say what you will about gender in sports, but there are some sports such as, like, darts and archery and things that don't necessarily require anything, like, like it, it's a kind of an all-gender sport, you know yeah. what I mean? And that the reason that a lot of them are gendered is because women started beating men, and so they were like, no, nah, oh. we're going to have separate categories. Oh, fuck, that's and interesting. Just, like, that's I, interesting. It was particularly um, sharpshooting oh my and God. archery. Anyway, just a fun fact. Carry on. Oh, that is yeah, interesting. Just, it, it just, I, I remember thinking that. I just thought it was really funny. Fuck yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. really interesting. No, we need separate categories. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, no, nah, because they're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, so sorry, carry on. Yeah, because yeah, if if the, if the girls beat us, it doesn't count. It doesn't, it doesn't need to count. Be, yeah, it doesn't need to be because a thing. that's a it's, dumb yeah. thing to yeah. measure yeah. the the actual school certificate. <laughs> Which measures everyone's intellect ever since the beginning of school. Yeah, no, it doesn't count. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Okay, (laughs) several replies, however, we gladly print. The two immediately following are excellently written, although both are written from viewpoints wide apart. The first from a woman, the second from a man. Okay, so they've got a bunch of things in here and I'll – it's a lot, but here we go. This is the woman one. Mm -hmm. A plea for feminism is what she's called it. So feminism is a revolt against nature, but why should nature imply only the desires of the body? Are the cravings of the mind less real and insistent? Feminism, you say, is masculinism. Well, if by ceasing to repress masculine women and feminine men, we allow a third sex to evolve, our philosophy will be the richer for it. Preach! Can you believe this Wait, is no, this is 1924? 100 years ago. Yes. Someone being like there's more than two. Uh-huh. Yeah, great. Can you believe? I didn't know this was getting about. Um, I think we underestimate ye old timey people. I think people. we do. Yeah, we yeah. really do. For good reason. They're the uh, reason. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's pretty bad news. Um, but now that's pretty amazing I found. What a oh that would have been an outrage outrage that would have been an outrage yeah. I mean but it's so true that mm. you know like I mean I feel like a bit of a masculine woman mm. I'll be honest I, mm. I wear quite masculine you know traditionally masculine mm. clothing oh my god anyway um, you lay the faults of modern women at the door of our educational authorities in support you quote a list of subjects in brackets which by the way were taught to most of the charming wim- women of history. And ignore others which are provided for in the modern curriculum. Technical um, – uh, mm, sorry. Um, oh, te- con- technical colleges are doing good work context, as well. context, a lot of these papers are quite hard to read. They're hard to they're read. they're taken directly from the original Yeah, print. and the transcription doesn't <laughs> yeah. come over mm. that well. The faults of feminism are due to its wide human appeal. That appeal embraces all classes and sorts of women. This is also very, what do you call it, Mm -hmm. cross-sectional. This is ahead of its time, this 1924 This is literally the Barbie movie of its time. Okay. It's like feminism helps us all. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I'm really impressed by this woman. Mm -hmm. Um, That appeal embraces all classes and sorts of women so that it cannot escape a certain intolerance and lack of humour, faults which are aggravated by the blather of intolerant and humorless anti-feminists. That's a little bit of a difficult one to understand. Did you understand that? Can you read the last sentence? One yeah. So, so the faults of feminism are due to its wide human appeal. That appeal embraces all classes and sorts of women, so that it cannot escape a certain intolerance and lack of humour. Faults which are aggravated by the blather of intolerant and humorless anti-feminists. Oh, I think I really think it's just saying that um, with feminism comes like those like incelly types. 
I'm sure, yeah, they, I'm okay. sure they wouldn't have called them then. Yeah, but you know. But like, but, it's, its existence breeds an, a resistance from people who are gross. Ah, uh, yeah, righto. Yep. Yeah, yep. I'm just taking big, I think that's I'm true. taking big swings here. I I'm think like that makes gross. sense yeah. to me. There is enough sanity in the movement to work out its own salvation. And you, who quote in the June triad a passage written by a modern woman, therefore a feminist, might take heart. You sneer at women's suffrage, um, but the ashes of achievement taste better than the gall and wormwood of thwarted desires. Shout out to my name there. <laughs> Is it spelt the same as my name? G-A-L-L. Incorrect. <laughs> Women are born with the desire to govern. One age mm. produces its Catherine de' Medici, and I looked that up. She was Queen of France from 1547 to 1559 mm-hmm. and married King Henry and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and another... It's Mrs. Pankhurst. Um, so presumably she's, she's citing women, powerful women throughout time. Women have changed together with men, man, manners and morals. Um, uh, you say truly enough that wives and mothers should have a higher standard of comfort than their unmarried sisters. It is a sad fact that they don't get it. And some unmarried sisters are also mothers and deserve consideration. Why not throw your weight behind some practical, practicable scheme of motherhood endowment? So she's like saying, shut your faces, uh, do something helpful and give some money to mums, um, you know, because they're doing it tough or something like that. I, think I that's love what, this. She's a real powerhouse. But also she's saying it in such a succinct way. Yeah. And unemotive, I'm going to mm. say, pretty much. Mm. Not so, shrill and hysterical. Not shrill as we are want to mm. be, apparently. Yep. So that was DG, and I don't know what her name is or what her story was, but I, I think she really did put a good argument. Now, this is the one they've printed from a man Great. called The Problem Solves Itself. Okay. It good. is difficult for the male mind, this is so good, to understand the significance of feminine unrest so prevalent today. Having behind him generations of responsibility and freedom, man cannot approach with any sufficiency of sympathy the problems emancipation engenders for his powdered partner. So men can't sympathise mm-hmm. with women. Imagine being described as a powdered partner. Powdered partner? <laughs> Just like I know. In- Can you imagine? Yep. Because the badges of her servitude are falling from her with startling suddenness. Mm-hmm. She stands bewildered and irresolute. Okay, oh, so because, because like they're questioning her traditional place. Her in roles. Life. Yeah, mm-hmm. the traditional roles. Mm-hmm. And not immediately finding her real place in the social scheme, she seeks forgetfulness in the bypaths of sensationalism. But such excursions are merely by way of experimentation, evidence of a disease certainly, but also of a search for health. So he's just saying she's looking for problems because she doesn't know who she is. Yeah, I right. Think. Do you reckon his wife's reading this being like, what a fucking asshole? <laughs> I hate this cunt. <laughs> <laughs> like she's, Why did she's I there with her secret it? women's society that, as we all know, they True. all hang out during the day while the men are at work. They're exactly. just like absolutely laughing. This guy's <laughs> <They're> laughing it up. <laughs> Smoking ciggies in the backyard. Um, In the end, the continuous pursuit of sensual stimulation satisfies none. Certainly not woman who finds herself most fully in service. That the service demanded of her is different, though not necessarily inferior to that demanded of man, we need not doubt. The difference in physical strength, the disparity in sexual energy, Sarah, Mm -hmm. involving itself a vast field of emotional and intellectual dis- dissimilarities, the enormous difference between the maternal and paternal instincts, all emphasise the truth that woman's service to life is widely different from the service man must give. Woman should therefore seek to develop those aptitudes in which she differs from her mate rather than insist on equality. She will never become a true partner to man until she ceases to imitate him and commences to intensify her own individuality. But there will never be any absolute understanding between the sexes for the reason that love and tolerance must always possess a fount of inspiration on earth. The element of the mysterious is essential to love and only the vital necessity to accept some one thing Uh, they cannot understand will preserve the spirit of tolerance among the sons of men. Sex differences will be the strongest factor in preventing the terrifically scientific people of the future from becoming dogmatic prigs. 
I love that his is like so many thoughts. His is like three times as long and says like nothing. I don't know what he's saying. Like, yeah. Um, but also, um, are we the scientific people of the future? I like think we are. We're it? dogmatic prigs. Are we? Yeah, apparently. I'll, so I'll take this that. Is, he's like talking about woke people in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> This is his final sentence. Thus, I am forced to the conclusion that the so-called sex problem will not only solve itself, but will incidentally solve all other human problems by swamping them. I don't know what that means. So is he just saying that it will solve itself because women are naturally servile? Is that a word? It is now. Maybe. Mm. it's just one of those things, you know, when they write stuff and it's kind of hard to tell what they mean. Yeah, I feel like, like God bless them. But I feel like, like he's saying, like, because there's a. He's, why, why does he go to love and the mis, mystery is essential to love? Why is that relevant to equality? Do you reckon he's on like opioids or whatever <laughs> they? <laughs> he's on one. That's for, she's on a tear. Yeah. I don't <laughs> because hers was really like. Oh, maybe it's just yeah. Maybe yeah. it's because I. Because I feel with her like, story I feel like he's saying that um, uh, women are naturally, uh, you know, and, and naturally gravitate towards positions of servitude. And now that feminism's coming through and making them question that they're lost and they don't know what to do, and it's going to solve itself because it's just going to go away. Is yeah, that kind that of, maybe that's what he's yeah, saying. That, yeah, maybe that's mm. what he's saying. By the way, if you ever have opinions about the articles that we have oh, at Chris and Sarah Wear the know. Pants or Chris and Sarah Wear the Pants at gmail.com, um, because these, these are just two interpretations of articles that are over 100 years old. Exactly. And we are mm. not historians, as mm. we have mentioned. So this, this particular, like, um, set of pages had a whole bunch of letters back from punters, mm. you know, widely varying opinions mm. from women mm. um, on, you know, some women saying things like, you know, um, okay, here's a quote, not until equal pay is granted to women will they settle into their proper places, namely by the side of cradles. Cringe. I know. Um, yeah, like – I don't know why that's a thing. Um, I mean, it shouldn't surprise us at this point that like mm. this, because that's just sort of, you know, back at, even in the 20s, yeah. sort of how it was. It was. But, but I am constantly surprised that people say these things on the record. Yeah. I guess, you know, that was really at the start of real public debate mm. about feminism, which was a new social movement. Mm. And I can imagine sitting around the dinner table with some feisty youngsters and some old Codgers, that could have been some really difficult conversation. That would have been great chat. Yeah. Mm. Fired up, I reckon. How do you think, I mean, it's impossible to say, but if you were, if you like transplanted yourself and, and you were in the 20s, oh. I reckon I just would have been a, like a housewife. I, oh, I think I would have died with an ulcer from fury. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, as long as I had housewifey friends, I think I probably yeah. could have got by. But there'd always be that, like, could I have been something else if I'd had the right education, energy? Yeah. Mm. See, I don't know, mate. Mm. Like, you know what? It always comes down to your parents. Mm. Like, if your parents support the idea of you following your dreams, even if you're a woman, mm. you've got a much better chance than That's any actually... other fucking chick because they're the ones that will enable you and encourage you. Mm. Um if your own family are against it and think it's wrong, mm. you're probably not going to pursue that. That's true. But also if your own family are against it and wrong, you'll grow up to be the same as your – like if your you know, mother was like a home a maker and your father was a whatever and mm. you had a brother who was mm. you know, taking over the family business and yada, yada. That's very true actually. Mm. Many factors. Like my mum didn't have a paid outside of the um, home career. Your mum the Eshe? My mum is now an Eshe. <laughs> Uh, definitely has her own business. Uh, no. Um, and always impressed upon me the importance of getting my own job. And I mm-hmm. think I always knew. And dad always wanted me to get an, a university education. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm a comedian. <laughs> Sometimes. But your mum worked. I remember us talking about this. Mm-hmm. And do you remember getting vibes from your parents about what they hoped for you or at least – you know, what they hoped you would start to achieve or hope try to ex- achieve. Oh, yeah. It was very much like uh, similar to you, like get a uni education. Yeah. Um, 
that sort of thing mm. for sure. We were lucky, eh? Yeah, very lucky. Yeah. Not everyone is. So I have friends who are the first people in their um, family to go to uni. Yeah. My and dad all, was the first in his family, but that's a long time ago, right? And it's all like new. Like you wouldn't know mm. that you needed textbooks or this or that or college, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Like it's just, it's so brave. It is. Mm. It is. Um, I don't know whether I would have had the guts back in the 20s if I was someone in the 1920s in my let's say 20s and 30s Mm. I don't know that I would have had the intellect or the guts to be a vocal feminist it sounds like it was genuinely risky as well Mm. I reckon a lot of men would have suppressed it at home yeah I mean it's in their interest too like they just well, they would have thought it was in. I mean, it's not in their interest. It, it's, it's the well, interests of, obviously. No, it's, it's the absolute um, wrong idea that, like, giving other groups power takes yeah. away from your own. Exactly. As though there is, like, a pie of power and that, like, if we give you guys some, then, like, there's not yeah. – it's, it's kind of infinite, you know? Yeah. And so it's not – which is yeah, which is the problem. It's like, oh, the women are going to take over. It's like, no, we can all – Yeah. Mm. The branding and the comms around feminism back in the 20s, mm. I like I only remember hearing, you know, very recent – in the 2000s, uh, messaging like, um, you know, uh, feminism lifts us all up. It, mm. It's about equality. It's not about women first, mm. you know. Um, but I back in the day – it was very much a fight, mm. wasn't it, of we need we need our rights. Absolutely. And obviously mm. like the first and like the the first um, uh, uh, versions of feminism was predominantly white feminism. Yeah, of course. You yeah, know, and yeah. then like the further it goes along, the more intersectional it gets. Yeah, there was all these waves. I've only just started mm. reading about um, the waves of feminism, yeah. you know. I always wondered what that meant. Yep. The first waves were like get the vote, you know, get mm-hmm. equal pay, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yep. Second was sort of more social change. Mm-hmm. And then the third was, oh, yeah, there's there's people um, of colour and mm. <laughs> and other races and religions and yeah. we should probably include them. Yeah, well, I reckon we probably should. Yeah. I always make jokes on stage about like 10th wave feminism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I'm just like, oh, like this is a song about a guy. Thank you so much. I'm very brave. It's 10th wave feminism. Yeah, that's funny. Doesn't That's mean funny. anything. Yeah, but it. Mm. Mm, I know what you mean, and and also in in gender inclusivity is the third wave too. I think or fourth. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so there you go. There's a little article about feminism. That's in the great. 1920s. Uh, what I took away from that is DG that woman is wrote a beautifully, boss. and the other guy is just like is the kind of person who would write really long winded shit on Facebook. Yeah, or but, write a letter to the editor. <gasps> he would have a podcast. Oh, he would have a podcast, <laughs> mm, but like just on his him. own. <laughs> So here's the thing about chicks, right? Like talking, talking way too loud and sweating. You know how they do that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. boss babe, DG. Um, I love that. That was that was a bit of fun. That's a great article. Do you think that we should have a little little break? I don't yeah. know. What are we up to? Um, it's a little little breaky. Yeah, and we're back. Are we? We are back. It is ticking over. It's be- it's definitely and back. perfect. So, Sarah, your story? Here we are. I had a sip of my coffee and I sung, There's a boy I know. Great. That's, what I, that's what's in my head today. <laughs> it's interesting that that pops He's up for you. He's the one I'm dreaming now. Oh, wow. That is such Everybody. a freaking to my eyes. Take me to the cloud. I'm re- I'm I don't know really what old. it is. It's stars above? I don't know. I think it's stars above. above. I want to apologise to Tim Al, who will be master. He'll hate this. Because that will really just blow it out, won't yep. it? Um, great. Great. Uh, okay, it's me. I'm on and I'm here and I'm present. present. I'm very much, as they say, Accounted in, for. in the room. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. So my article – are you literally playing chess right No. Now? Are you literally playing chess? No, I wasn't. I was just looking at it. Oh, my God. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Sunday Times, Sydney, Sunday 21st of July, 1907. Oh, I'll get you to turn to to page nine. Thank you. Um, This is uh, a response to an article. So we're loving – this is uh, from Agnes N. Farrell, who uh, wrote a letter called Farms for Women. 
Sir. Off to a strong start. (laughs) In reference to your article in last issue dealing with the great advantages gained by the scheme organised by the Immigration League in sending batches of young boys after leaving school to the farm at Pitt Town and so preparing them for the harder work which awaits them on the land. I've heard that all the boys have been well-placed and are earning good wages, and I think the Immigration League should be commended for its perseverance with its scheme in the face of much ridicule. ridicule. As a worker for the Domestic Immigration Society, which is arranging to have a consistent supply of domestic help sent out to New South Wales by its lady representative in the old country, I give you a suggestion which I think could be well carried out to the advantage of both the worker and the consumer. That is, to have a farm or farms opened up not far from Sydney where everything could be cultivated by women only and a market established in Sydney also run entirely by women where the products of this farm could always be obtained. I think it would be a decided advantage to the women of Sydney if they could go and buy what they require in their households from members of their own sex and so escape the disadvantages met in making purchases at markets under existing conditions. Such a scheme would provide great scope for the energy of our women to whom the outdoor life would be preferable to work in shops or factories. They could produce fruit, vegetables, honey, jams and preserves, walnuts, onions, cheese, cream, butter, flowers, plants, bulbs, poultry, bacon, eggs and many other articles so suited for women's particular sphere of labour. If the market were run in conjunction with the farm, it would, I feel, surely open up a new field for women's labour. That's amazing. Mm. 1907, baby. I want to know what kind of problems they had with men selling them their goods at the markets. Uh, that did not come up in my yeah. research. Um, but you imagine there was some drama. Maybe oh. maybe it was like price gouging. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's. Like, I, I'm going to be very cliche, but like mm. going to the mechanic, right? If we, yeah. I don't know. I, you know, we've, I don't have any power. We've talked about our mechanic. I love my mechanic. Right. I want to hear so, what mm. so, Oh, wow. So just like just separate out that whole world and mm. make it a woman-controlled sphere. So what I understand is that um, there was an article posted in the previous paper that talks about the success of a scheme that sends boys to work on the farm to prepare them for life in agriculture and that it's basically like work experience, you yeah. know, like a, um, a like probably potentially like an internship. So then yeah. when they come out of that, they're ready and then they get great jobs and they work in the farm, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, why don't we do the same thing for women? For women. Mm. Jackaroo, Jillaroo mm. stuff because yep. I think that is a sort of a weird apprenticeship thing that happens out on farms in like remote communities and stuff. I don't know much. I just hope people get paid. Oh, <laughs> that's, yeah, you know, that's always the trouble. I'm just like unpaid internships are horseshit. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you are not paying someone, you cannot pay someone in exposure. You cannot pay someone in experience. Get fucked. Yeah, I know. You cannot pay mm. them in shit house accommodation on no. your farm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pay them in cold hard cash or fucking you can't afford to have them. So true. Um, so true. Fun fact about 1907. This really tickled me uh, before I get into more farm based content. <laughs> Uh, in 10th of July this year, so this is only um, 11 days before this article came out, a first telephone call was made between Sydney and Melbourne. Oh, wow. Mm. Lots of stuff happened that year. None of it interested me. That did. Oh, that is mm. interesting. The first phone call between Sydney and Melbourne because the relevant wires and cables or whatever. Oh, that's interesting. Finally laid down. What do you reckon they said? Oh, man. Was it a business to business call? Do you reckon it was like Sydney's better than Melbourne? <laughs> <laughs> And Melbourne's like, no, we have heaps of like small <laughs> cafes on the st- sidewalk. Yeah, we have heaps of small cafes on the sidewalk or like whatever the equivalent yeah. of cafes were and back then. And trams and that. And and then Sydney would have had trams too. Yeah. But <sighs> Sydney would have been like, yeah, but we have like beaches and. Yeah, like good ones. Yeah. And then Melbourne would have been like, yeah, but we have craft breweries and Sydney would Yeah, have and like, we have heaps f- of good international food. Yeah. And Sydney would have been like, what the fuck is international food? <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Mm. Isn't that great? So it was such a fun. Fact. I wonder if there were people who knew people in the other city, you know? Because I wonder if you just stuck to Sydney, your family, you know? Like traditionally that sort of happens, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I would say so. You know, like, Melbourne sticks to Melbourne, Sydney sticks to Sydney. Well, so like, who who's calling who in in Melbourne and Sydney, you know? Yeah, exactly. And also that would have been a um yeah, yeah it would have been a very long trip. 
Oh, I yeah. Don't think you, I don't think people are commuting and it would have been expensive as well. Oh, yeah, horse and cart. Mm. I wonder when – because I think the 50s motor, motor vehicles really kicked off, didn't they? Yeah. I don't, I don't think there were many people getting about with a motor vehicle until the 50s. But also Australia was is always years behind the rest of the world yeah. just because of where we are. Do you know when I – this is random, but mm. when I grew up in India in the 70s, mm. the cars then mm. – um, there, the Indian cars looked like European cars from like the twenties, oh. just bulbous black numbers. You oh, know, they'd be considered like chic and vintage. They would be now, so retro yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have stuff to tell you about Go. farms. Okay, so uh, of course the first thing that came to mind was uh, my beloved Elizabeth MacArthur uh-huh. uh, from that we have talked about much. Your friend this, of mine. Your friend of mine, exactly. John MacArthur's wife, who he was a lunatic and she uh, single-handedly founded the wool industry in Australia between 1801 and 1817. Um, so unsurprisingly to all of us, uh, regular pants listeners will know, women's work is dismissed as domestic work. Um, when a lot of the time the women actually operated as farm managers and did over half mm. the work. Uh, this runs even deeper, of course, for migrant women and indigenous women who have uh, indigenous women who have some fifty thousand years of farming and agricultural law knowledge and practice. Australia's first women farmers were, of course, uh, Indigenous women. They made medicines, herbs and pigments and a lot more for food production using a grinding stone. And they believed to be the first people in the world to develop this particular method, historians say. And their farming uh, varied uh, very, very greatly depending on where they were based Mm. and what uh, resources were available. Exactly right. Um, So... Yeah, women's right across uh, history uh, contribution to farming has been relatively um, undervalued. Uh, Margaret Alston, who's an academic, says this explanation lies in a farming culture that has been particularly repressive of women. Those few women who move into representative positions are frequently ignored by their male colleagues, with the result that discourses of agriculture and rurality are framed around a male standpoint with women mere shadows of outraged silence. I have to jump in here. Mm. Do you know that my dad literally worked in agricultural economics Mm. in India in Mm. the 70s? And one of his projects, I'm going to have to go and ask him about this and Mm. come back, but he definitely used to talk to me about how they would bypass the men and go to the women and teach them about um, improved crops and mm. and better yield and give them the seeds that were they knew what they were doing because mm. the women didn't go and get pissed with the uh, paycheck or whatever they oh. actually fed their families. Well, there you go. Mm. That's interesting um, and unsurprising as well. Like we get shit done. Um, farming is famously physical. Uh, not that I would know. I once helped a someone move hay bales and that was enough for me. Oh, yeah. Um, Farms are remote, requiring the women on the farms to be resourceful and resilient, assisting not only with the actual physical labour but running the household and working with butter, eggs, fruit, vegetables and not just scones. Mm. Fun little joke uh, in this article here. Um, (laughs) Don't you love – that's like a TED Talk joke. But it's true. I'm just like – when I think of country women, I'm just like scones. Yeah. Really fucking good scones. I'd love a scone. Um, And then here we go. Our beloved CWA, the Country Women's Association. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Played a big role in connecting rural women and improving the lives of women and their communities, connecting socially and with resources. I read a story about one woman who would walk 12 miles for every weekly like CWA meeting just to like be a part of it. That's so cool. Mm. Uh, have a guess, Chris Ryan, when women were legally recognised as farmers. Oh, don't tell me it's something. What year? Don't tell me it's something like the 70s. Is it? No. 50s. Later. Oh, no, not the 80s. Later. 90s. Mm-hmm, 1994. Oh, no. Pri- prior to this on the Australian census, female farmers could be uh, domestics, helpmates or farmers' wives. Oh, no. Mm. Okay. Uh, and only 10% of farm successes who inherit farms and run them are daughters. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. Fuck, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you know, with you talking about all this and, and the CWA stuff, I wonder if we might be able to talk to someone from the CWA one time and maybe get them on the potty. We talk about them a lot. Yeah, I reckon we should, you know. I reckon we could get some scones. Mate. I'd be up for it. Maybe we should – I might reach out mm. and see if there's any way we could do that and maybe meet them at their – like at the C, at a CWA at thing. And I definitely want scones provided. Like I don't want to do the I interview. mean, I was going to say, I could, provi- <laughs> I could provide scones, but it would be fucking embarrassing. They'd be like, 
the fuck made these? <laughs> uh, I think that could be a good one. You know, because yeah. it's Australian feminist mm. history, CWA. Yeah. It's, just, it's white Australian feminist history. Oh, true, 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 mm. true, true. Um, Interesting. But we do talk about them a lot. And I think they did. From what I understand, like, they were a um, uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like a sort of anchor. Pioneering yeah. um, feminist organisation for Australia. Mm. And I wonder what they say today mm. about, you know, cross-sectional kind of inclusivity – in their work because you can't have an organisation today steeped in the same values that it held when it started. It just, yeah, no, that's, exactly. it wouldn't survive. Mm. Mm. Unless you're the Republican Party. Am I right? Am I right, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Bit of international politics for you guys there on your Monday. <laughs> Don't ask me any further questions. I won't be able to tell you anything else about it. Um, uh, but, yes, I was quite taken with this um, uh, idea of, like, just um, – Women's uh, women uh, in this in this article uh, from uh, from 1907 seizing the means of production. Yeah. And being like, no, we're just going to do like the entire thing. We're going to grow it. Yeah. We're going to harvest it and we're sell it to sell, each other. And we're going to sell it to each other. And it's just, we're going to create our whole and own. You guys economy. can just sit this one out. Yeah, exactly. We're going to create. You can. You guys can go get pissed and <laughs> and like and duel with weapons or whatever the fuck John MacArthur got up to. Like such a fucking. I, I, it didn't get off the ground though, did it? What the whole concept? No, I. I it was literally. This yeah. is a literally a letter to the editor, and as far Amazing. as I'm aware, it, well, like I mean, based on the fact that we were recognised as farmers when I was four years old, yeah, like, okay, leads me. To it's think unlikely that, that it didn't. Um, but it led me to think about um, women's only spaces. Oh yeah, and like the gyms and stuff. Oh yeah. Have you ever been to one of that? Like, have you ever used any of that sort of? You know what? I used. I've been a member of two gyms. Mm. And in neither of them did I attend the female-only spaces. Oh, wait. Mm. So there were female-only spaces? There were. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. There was a a floor dedicated to women and you could pay extra and go to that one, presumably because it smelt better Mm. and you you didn't have to look at blokes. Um, Honestly. Which, you know, (laughs) that is actually good Mm. (laughs) in the context Mm. of a gym. And um, the other one, yeah, had a female space that was really small and shitty and I just thought, why would I do that? The the other part of the gym is heaps better. It's just a kitchen and you're like, what (laughs) is this? And a dressing room. (laughs) And a sulking room with with two little turtles in it and you're like, what is going on right now? (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. What do you think about that? That's such a pants deep cut. It is (laughs) actually. It's a deep dive, isn't it? It's like episode two or three. Yeah. Do you um, – okay, this is a bit of a one for me. Uh, when you started out comedy, did mm-hmm. you have a position on women-only nights, like I, lineups? I mean, I don't really have a position. I think they're great. Mm. You know what I mean? Like as in – Yeah. You know, when I started, mm-hmm. because it was largely men and I was largely just trying to blend in, mm-hmm. I was one of those women that would, was like – no, it's like a ghetto. I don't want to be involved in a women-only night. Oh, wait, were you doing like I hate my wife jokes? N- no, but I was. The, I was doing with the bed. as as one of my dearest uh, mentors, uh, very kindly and in a bigger context, said to me, Mandy Nolan, you're doing the inane comedy of a twenty-year-old boy. <laughs> She said that about your comedy. Yes. That's incredible. Yes, it was incredible. This was some years ago and it changed my comedy. But I did have this position of, no, I want to be with the big boys. Mm. I don't want to have a women's only night. And then you meet them and you're like, oh. Well, and then I realised, you know, actually actually where we met at the women only comedy night at the Chippo and there's a fucking – You were heaps cut. There is a place for it. Mm. Yeah, I was cut. Mm. I think we've told that story on this podcast before. But um, it's like there – is a place for it. There's mm. so is a place for it. Fuck, I love that. Um, yeah, the girls on at the Chippo on a Sunday night, yeah. Monday night. I can't remember. I think uh, when you're starting out, it's particularly great. Ah, oh, yeah. That's what everyone says. Yeah. When they were starting out, and they're just like you're feeling a yep. little. It's terrifying to start comedy yep. and to go on stage for your first time, and you want to be in whatever environment you're comfortable in. Yep. Um, to and, find your voice. Yeah, and a lot of um, and a lot of spaces, and I don't think this is particularly restricted to comedy at this point a lot of spaces are in a professional setting are male dominated and you know whatever you can do to make yourself feel safer and more comfortable and be that go to a women's only comedy room yeah um totally i'm all for it i'm all for it too or women Mm. and non-binary you should say probably um women in the broadest sense in the broadest sense Mm. uh bloody great uh i'm gonna ask my dad about female farmers Mm. and what his career learned like because he has a lot of experience in Mm. that 
But um, being in control of access to food is a pretty powerful position. Controlling the means of production. That's mm. a, um, a... Some kind of like communist say. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Marxist or something. <laughs> That's what I was yeah. to say. Hang on. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I... Um, I would absolutely um, get involved in a uh, women's only like farm economy. Mm. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. That just brings to mind a friend of mine who gets delivered organic v- vegetable and fruit boxes, and you never know what's going to be in them. It could I be four that. chocos and an <laughs> orange, or it could be just four oranges. You know, we used to get well, like back in the small country town that I grew up in, we used to get boxes of deliveries, and it was always great. But now I like very specific things. Yeah, and I eat the same thing every week. Oh, who doesn't? Mm. Who like, doesn't? And I eat the same meal every week, and so I'd get a box of stuff and be like, oh, I don't want eighty percent of this. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I I just can't commit to groceries. Um, yeah, no. You know, day to day is what I'm after. I made a chicken soup today, and I oh. feel I feel like a nurse. You know. Yeah. You. you I mean, you effectively I, are. That's like I, if you make a chicken soup, that's most of what they do in a nursing that's degree. M- most nursing. Yeah. yeah mm. Chicken soup. Yeah, absolutely. For a cold. Yeah. Yeah. My mate has a cold. Nina. What's your pants moment? Uh, pants moment is um, I did new material last night. But it's not about that. just that. It's about finally devoting myself to sitting down and writing every morning. Great. Um, despite it not feeling funny at all. Mm-hmm. So hard, I guess, yeah, committing to some hard work and seeing it pay off a bit. Great. Yeah. Mine's similar you? actually. Yeah. I like money material. Yeah, good. You haven't heard any of it. No. Mm, you no. probably won't hear it till the show. Not till Sydney Fringe. <laughs> not till uh, yeah. l- lucky listeners, if you want to come along in two days. <laughs> Yeah, it'll um, be upon us before you know it. But yeah, I'll have um I think I'll have seven new songs. Fuck yeah, that's a lot. Um but also my pants moment mainly was um I did a store run last week mm. and just had a great time. Felt really good about all the shows. That's brilliant. Also there were um on the Saturday that we do two shows and there was a box party in it both and I kind of just was just like oh. Because you know when it's like you would have crushed a twenty. They were lovely. Oh, they were good. so sweet. Because you know how sometimes yeah, when you get can a, go any way. sort of wedding hens, it can go either way. But they were so sweet. Oh, brilliant! Mm, they're all dressed as Steve Irwin. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So shout out to those guys. Oh, that's good. Um, but yeah, no, I just um, doing the like six show run. Yeah, it's uh, a lot. Feeling really good about it. And Two weeks of it, and I'm starting again tonight. Yeah. yeah. Look at you getting booked at the store back to back. Booked and busy. Yeah, we love to see it. We do. And you too. Absolutely. So have a great week, everyone, until we speak to you again. We talk come, about, we talk come about, about comedy shows. a lot, but I feel like that's kind of just what we do. Well, it is our jobs. Mm, that's um, true. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we'll um, look forward to he- hearing from you if you write to us and uh, do jump on and buy tickets to our shows in Newcastle, Canberra and Sydney. Absolutely. We hope to see you there, but uh, have a very pants week. Good bye. <laughs> oh my god, it never ends. I'm, I'm just waiting for you to. Okay. Oh, going. okay. I thought uh, I have to wait till you to stop. No, okay. no, I'll just. I'll never. I'm stop. stopping. Uh. Thanks for listening. This episode was mastered by Tim Duck at Verse Productions. Music by Yosef K and artwork by Century Comedy. Our podcast is hosted on Acast. Articles are sourced online through Trove at the National Library of Australia. Sources are listed in the episode notes. Send your pants moments, article suggestions or miscellaneous thoughts to chrisandsarahweatherpants at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at chrisandsarahweatherpants or on our own accounts at Christine Ryan Comedy or... Empire of Gaul, G-A-U-L. Thanks.